we may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 77. Magnetic Edition. The show that may, in fact, have already gone off the rails, but linear time is preventing me from experiencing the lack of rails at this moment. Each episode, <laughs> we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft one or two topics at a time. My name is Jin, the one that is ready to take you on an excellent adventure. But don't you worry, we won't be flying solo on this bogus journey. That's right. The bill to my Ted is here as well. It's Allie. What's up? I'll be your bill anytime. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Allie, or Bill, whatever. (laughs) Whatever my name is today. (laughs) Whatever. I mean, there's two two of the letters, right? There's in a different order. Yeah, there's an I and an L in there. It's just. that would just replace the A with the B and then add an extra L. Hey, whatever. It's fine. It's, it's an anagram for Allie, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Anyways. Yeah, so what you been up to, huh? How you been? My grade team finally got AOTC. It was the day after, no, no, two days after we recorded our last episode. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting. We still have a couple of stragglers who missed that. And then too many people out last week. So hopefully this week we can get it for the rest of the stragglers. And then either take a break or work on achievements or do the mega dungeon. Sorry, the mega dungeon. Some more first. We'll see because the, the tokens would be nice. But uh, plus it's just a good mega dungeon. So <laughs> it's, real, it's really good. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's it. Just, you know, still kind of working and learning my job. Had to actually go into the office today, which felt weird. And I know, right? It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. That's kind of it. Oh, I've been playing some Diablo and I've been playing some uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag because it makes me happy. Yar. And I need to finish it so I can go play Cyberpunk and get Berserker and my husband off my back. Go play Cyberpunk. Like, I haven't even played Uh, it and it sounds cool. Go do it. I have to. I'd finish Black Flag first. Okay. All right. Like I'm the not completionist even t- to me. I'm not even going to tell you what <laughs> games are in my backlog right now because I'm just gonna just gonna pretend like I'm all caught up, even though I'm totally not. So yeah, that's fine. I'm not. I'm yeah. not either. It's yeah. I have so many games to play. So, um, but that's about it for me. Otherwise, I'll start rambling. What have you been up to? Oh, not too much. You know, same thing. AOTC, but I'm not quite the jerk anymore because you're also got AOTC. So cool for that. But the one thing I thought was kind of funny is I've uh, just been running around helping out my mother-in-law because she, uh, she hurt her back. Oh, no. But, I mean, it's getting, that's, ba- that's not good. It's getting back to normal already. So it's more like oh, pulled, pulled a muscle. So. Was, oh, okay. Yeah, we got one of those uh, horrible calls. Like, oh, I need help. And so we run to run go help. And then we come back and it's just like, oh, is that it? Okay, so, cool. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? <laughs> yeah, no. So, it's, you know, we're helping her out. We give, give her a good... You know, yeah. to say, hey, what's going on? Hey, you, you, you need, need any help? But now she's she's already back to like walking like a mile. The steps like third day. And now she's got <laughs> two miles. She's fine. She'll be fine. So I yeah, thought that was funny. That's good. I'm glad. 
Anyway, but that's about it. Um, yeah. You just want to jump right into a little bit of this? Nothing beats a brew shared between friends. Yeah, this thing's pretty good. That's pretty good. The, the gimlet? Yeah, it's a gimlet. If you're like, what's a gimlet? That sounds like a dwarf name. That's kind of why I picked it, right? <laughs> it does sound like a dwarf name. It's fantastic. Yeah, so uh, it's gin, and when I say gin, it's a, it's a lot of gin. It's actually it's a, lot of gin. It's a two and a half ounces of gin. If you want to do it with the little, the little glass, right? If you could be like, oh, fancy with that little teeny coupe glass. <laughs> so it's two and a half <laughs> ounces of gin, and then a half an ounce of lime juice and a half an ounce of simple syrup. But, you know, I saw I don't have a coupe glass, so I put it in a regular glass and I had to double everything. Yeah, I everything. did the same thing. I had to double everything to make it. So I got five ounces of gin up in here. Look at that. Five ounces of moi. Wow. <laughs> I doubled everything, but it's because I make it for my husband. So, like, I doubled it and then I had just a little extra just to give it a little more oomph. And then in my own personal glass, I added a little extra as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So, in, uh, in just to, to top it all off, I'll just say this was because... Friend of the show, Solaris Wesson, he posted a picture of a book that will be on my doorstep in about two days. I don't actually have it. I was just able to find this particular recipe from the book that I sent a different recipe because I don't, again, I don't have the book yet. So uh, <laughs> let's just say for the time being, whenever it's my episode, there will probably be a lot of gin recipes <laughs> because the name of the book is Jin made me do it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is A, so true. But B, I'm excited about this because I have not had a whole lot of gin. So I feel like I'm expanding my horizons. And my husband got a pretty big bottle of the Aviator gin. Mm. So I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I would. It's going to be an adventure. Like that. The Hendrix or whatever that thing stuff is called. I don't know. <laughs> it's good. Uh, yeah, I got no complaints. So rating system alley, would you make it again? I think I would. A, I have a bunch of gin now, and B, it's super simple. And um, we can find a simple cocktail, and I'm all about it. Yeah. Uh, super quick, you know, dump the gin in the shaker, jump the lime juice and the simple syrup, and then give it a good shake with some ice. Then dump yep. it in the glass. There you go. It's a beautiful thing like that. Easy, easy. Yeah, I like it. So, you got a job to do. Allie, I don't have a bumper for the patient. Oh, I do. Though. You do. That, that's Because there's no bu bumper. Nope. Did, did you know that? Yeah, there's no bumper. No <laughs> hey there, listeners. The episode you're about to hear is the product of two nerds that grew up thinking about time travel and paradoxes far too much because Back to the Future was one of the best movies from their childhood. It's true. We both feel that way. So if you like this kind of stuff, why not listen until the end and you can find out how to how you can support them. I can't read, but you could support us if you so chose. <laughs> it's true. Or we can go back again and I can redo it, but I'm not going no, to do that to you. No, that's perfect. We, we like you guys too much. It's, it's great. Yeah, that's perfect. So uh, here we go. Let's jump into this. How am I supposed to live, laugh, love in these conditions? All right. So this isn't so much of as a news update, but more of like a, wow, it's been two years already. Yeah, that's crazy. On July 30th, the Twitter account uh, or X account, I Whatever. I'm just going to ignore that for started, now. Man. Just gonna, Don't get me started, man. I'm just going to ignore that for now. Hey, better ABK. They posted a thread that sums up the amazing work they've been uh, doing and a reminder of why it's important to, uh, you know, not let up now. So here's a condensed version. I took, uh, deleted some, but yeah, definitely go check out a better ABK for the full thread so that you can see what's going on. So they write... 
Today marks two years since Better ABK joined Twitter or X. This platform has been incredibly helpful in giving us a space to inform the public about the issues that we are facing. It has also connected us with other advocacy groups who have shown us the true meaning of solidarity. Together, we have accomplished so much in the last two years, and we would like to take a moment to recognize the victories that we have earned through collective action. Higher wages for quality assurance testers, paid holidays, paid sick leave, a historic number of temporary QA being converted to full-time employees, reduced crunch and mandatory overtime, an end to forced arbitration in cases of sexual harassment and discrimination, the formation of Game Workers Alliance, the first union within a AAA gaming company, learning and development programs for employees and temporary employees. However, our journey over the last two years hasn't been all smooth sailing. Many employees who have spoken out or who have been involved in union organizing have been subject to intimidation, retaliation, and wrongful termination by HR and even executives. Employees who have applied for permanent remote work due to disability or other factors have found themselves in a needlessly difficult process that has left many without accommodations they need and forced many more to quit seeking accessible employment elsewhere. Employees have received company-wide emails filled with hostility and misinformation regarding unionization, as well as emails that have participated in victim-blaming of employees mentioned in the lawsuit who have experienced sexual assault and discrimination. Through all of this, we have continued to stand strong and advocate for the changes needed within the company and the industry at large. We have forged bonds of solidarity that cannot be broken through intimidation or retaliation. We will keep showing up for each other until our workplace is safe and equitable for all employees. Happy two years to us. Here's to many more years filled with solidarity, collective action, and worker wins. There you go, Allie. That is the thread. Awesome. Love it. So yeah, like I said, not a news thing. I just really wanted to call out that uh, A Better ABK has been doing a phenomenal job of kind of keeping the pressure on, right? So yeah, and that's where it's a it's a good reason to you know bring attention to them and also the the great work that they've been doing. I, I, in a in a slightly selfish sense, I'll even say, to make us be happy that we're fans of this, you know, game. You know, yeah, it's true. I mean, it it's crazy to me. It's been two years, but it has, and it's nice to remember. Well, it's not nice to remember how we all felt <laughs> two years ago, but it is nice to see the positive change that has come from that and from the hardworking employees of. ABK to, you know, fight for better workplace. And it's, I think it's good once in a while to kind of stand back and just look at your accomplishments and enjoy it. And I hope they're doing that because it's great. Yeah. Pizza party all around. Yes. Celebrate the pizza. I like pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I want pizza now. Yeah. You'll soon find out when you primarily work from home, there's far less pizza parties, Allie. That's, a, that's the one downside. I know, and I'm really sad because we only have one pizza here. One pizza. We only have one pizza here. We only have one, <laughs> only one, one pizza. pizza place. There's only one place that delivers to my home, and I'm really tired of it because it's the only pizza place that delivers to our home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I go pick up my pizza, too, because the one that delivers to us is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you get me. We live in kind of similar, like, remote-ish areas. Yeah, yeah. Ish. Remote-ish. I'd be on the ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you if you don't have any more thoughts, I think it's time to jump into some craziness. Oh, we definitely need to jump into it. All right. Jump, dive, dip, dive, dodge, something. Here we go. Duck. What you talking about? Duck. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? 
All right. This is going to be an important one, everybody. Listen up, okay? Attention, attention. Before we were going to begin this topic today, or have we already? Time, it's weird. Very important <laughs> warning that must be given. All right, because if you have not completed the Dawn of the Infidence Mythic Dungeon and do not want it spoiled, turn back now, okay? Because I'm going to spoil the absolute crap out of it. Look yeah. at everything. It's going to be ruined. You're going to be like, Jin ruined it. Can't have fun anymore. So here's your warning. I don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. All right, with that housekeeping out of the way, let's open up the timeways. And unpack everything that happens in easily the greatest <laughs> mega dungeon released to date. Oh, I'm so proud of you. That was really good. Uh-huh. So, what actually is going on? To best understand what's going on in the dungeon, Allie has taught us. We all learned from Allie. Bless the bat. The best place to start is the adventure journal. So, Allie, please take it away with the adventure oh, journal. Okay. <clears throat> the bronze temple has lain dormant for millennia awaiting a time when this dragonflight would return. But just as the bronze dragons have reclaimed their sacred temple, dark forces now threaten to overtake it. Will the infinites take hold of the timeways and bring about the rise of Murazond? The champions of Azeroth must venture into time itself to ensure that the future remains a bright one. So, in short... The Infinites are attacking the Bronze Temple in an attempt to corrupt Nazdormu before he ever even became an aspect. Kind of like a get him in the cradle kind of thing. So, this is a bizarre <laughs> chicken and egg scenario that we'll discuss in great lengths eventually. All right, now that we know why we're here and what we got to do, let's gather at the portal and head inside. Good luck. <laughs> Try not to die. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right, when we first get in there, there is a bunch of infinite dragons, obviously. There's infinite dragons everywhere. Duh. So we kill them. And they're stupid boss that no one cares about. Moving on. Because it's a dumb yeah. boss. Duh. Actually, I wiped so many freaking times on that boss the first time I did it. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> so many. Well, I, I pugged all of this. I was Everything was pugged, so I didn't have the, the help of guildies, so... Hey, that's why there's a lot of, a lot of freaking yeah, wipes. Yeah, that, that happens. That happens. All right, so moving on on that. All right, now we're getting somewhere. Nazdormu and Chromie have opened up the timeways. That's where my little Chromie clip came from. She's like, <laughs> this never gets old. Oh, wouldn't you know it? A manifestation of the sands of time itself tries to stop us. Well, we managed to figure out the dance and uh, with the slow down, speed up bits. But I was like, this is really weird. And eventually we figured it out. Again, pugging. No one knew what we were doing. It was like, felt like 30 wipes. It was kind of crazy. That's part, it's part of the adventure. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got it. Well, old Nazdormu still has some juice in his tank left because he was able to track down where the infidence, when the infidence went, where, when. Uh, uh, but he lets us know that he's afraid. <laughs> he's afraid. This whole seeing a younger version of himself and either tearing reality apart or just passing out. I don't know. He, he doesn't go with us because, you know. So it's it's but she's just like I dare not go there. He needs to go see an optometrist. He was busy, okay? Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, there's a spooky little timeway dungeon with lots of frosty stuff on the side, and it's like a little yeah. like right, so. So we go through that. <laughs> but but old Nazdorm was scared, and Chromie's like, "What are you scared? Come on, come on!" He's like, "Nope." Mm -mm. She's like, "All right, boss, I got you." Okay, 
We head back to the moment when Calicron had just been defeated. And damn, does it look cool. Like, we're just going to stop it pots. Pots. It really does. <laughs> this is freaking awesome. <laughs> like, the damn thing is so freaking big. Uh, he's the skybox, okay? Because you can tell. Like, like there's, a, there's obviously a difference between, like, right, the, the assets and the ground that you can get. No. They just painted the whole freaking skybox. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Yeah. It was really cool. So before you get down there, there's like a little crack in the wall. You kind of look through and see him. And that was my first time. And I'm like, oh, I knew he was in here. There he is. Oh my God. He looks so good. And I took multiple screenshots. I didn't realize we were going to get closer. <laughs> so I'm like, well, now I need to take a bunch of more screenshots because look at him. Behold his majesty. It's great. It's big. It's a big I boy. I was super excited. He's a big boy. All those eyes. Oh, it was just, it was so good to see Galacron. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, like we said, uh, if you thought Deathwing was big, as I wrote here, old six eyes has him beat by a lot. <laughs> yes. I mean, as he should, it's Galacron. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's, Makes sense. So we got to deal with some corrupting of Galakron. Once again, that one took us a long <laughs> time to beat. Yeah, again, that was, was some nutsy stuff because, like, I, it. I think we didn't quite. I don't know. My ta- the tank that was tanking didn't know that, like, the little spiel, like knocked the corruption off because that's where <laughs> we were passing that thing back and forth like it was volleyball. Constantly, like that's just that was the way we did it. We just passed it back and forth. I don't know if the tank ever got the corruption removed. <laughs> it was, it, hey, we beat the boss, but that was a very straight way, a weird way of doing it. So, uh, hopefully, you had better luck than we did, Allie, when I did this. Well, thankfully, I went in with Gildies and they had done it the week before. Or something like that. So, like, they had an idea. They were kind of... Although, I feel like we just passed it back and forth. I don't think we ever actually got rid of it. And as the person who was healing, I was kind of frantic a little bit. Just in general with a lot of these bosses just trying to figure out everything. Plus, we brought in someone that was probably a little too squishy to be in there. But it was still an interesting boss. And we got through it. Yeah, it's totally interesting because, you know, pointing out one thing to, to think it's uh, fun here. There's no Earth proto-drake that is corrupted, but there was like a Razagath, like the first one that you go against where it's like, oh, the storm, and the, the tornado just pew, pew, pew. And then we had kind of yeah. like a Farak and Viranoth kind of proto-drake action because one was fire and the other was ice. And I didn't like the ice thing because it like froze me and I had to attack it. <laughs> right, get it off me. But uh, yeah. It's a good boss. I think it was a good boss overall. And I like the little lead up to like the conversation before that. Because like that was okay. Because we saw like the aspects as projects before that. Right. If if I remember right. Uh, No, no. We we, so we roll roll right. Yeah. It's right after this one that we find the the proto aspects. Yeah. I really liked that. That was that was really cool. Yeah. The my only uh, my only little little issue I had the voice actors was too perfect because if you read the book they're more like caveman talk <laughs> right yeah yeah good point, good the point. Aspects, they're like you you do thing burr, 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 burr. me Alex Straza <laughs> me, <laughs> me thump you or you get the idea <laughs> they're not quite so eloquent you're right though there was no erotocron little proto dragon there nope I guess in the moment of trying to heal and learn the fight. I did not notice that. Interesting. Yeah, there, was, there was a blobby, which was just a blobby. 
And then there was the, I don't remember yeah. any other names because we looked, I, well, we, I looked it up as I was doing the notes to see if there was any lore behind the names. There was not. Just pointing out that there was storm, fire, and ice, which is like, good call. Just a little interesting thing there. When I wonder, because if, if uh, Proto-Ritacron was a, wasn't there, I wonder if that's why he was able to be there in the, you know, in our timeline. Like, why he was able to go back. But then, like, why wasn't he there? <laughs> well, I mean. Interesting. Because he ain't dead, because the, the corruption was corrupting these dead corpses that popped back up, right? So. Oh, I mean, that's something. I don't know. Maybe, huh, maybe, anyways, maybe the Earth uh, proto dregs were just like more more hardy. They didn't get they didn't get killed. And they're like protected by Earth, like Eridicon kept saying. Protected sure. by Earth. <laughs> that, that could very well be it. Who knows? Yeah. So anyway, this is where things begin to get very serious indeed. All right. After we defeat the Blight of Galacron, we need we meet up with the Aspects or Proto Aspects, as Chromie calls them. She's like Proto. <laughs> and that was actually are, pretty decent. Yeah, there are two <laughs> obvious threats that need to be dealt with. The Infinites and a Ritochron. Right? So, we're not really sure what the Infinites are doing, but a Ritochron is somehow siphoning the power of Galacron from the corpse. And it looks quite void, voidy y Voidy, voidy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. A quick reminder why his essence would be purpley voidiness is because Galacron drank the water of Yogg-Saron, old gods of Team Void. You get the idea. There you go. Team Void. Well, Chromie decides that, alright, alright, we, the heroes, we're gonna deal with a Ritochron, and you proto-aspects, you go fight the Infinites. Alright, that's the plan. So, the Titan's puppets have come to face me. Yes. Then we roll up on a critter. We read you, Kron. This is a kind of fun <laughs> fight. I liked it. It was good. So, Chromie comments that the vessel Eridicron is siphoning the essence into looks a bit like the dragon soul, but somehow more ancient. Yeah. And in a very obvious tip of the hat, Blizzard lets us know exactly what the Song of the Depths all meant. Alright, so... And for those of you that don't want to go back to episode 66, here is a very quick refresher to just, and this is, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's fun. So here we go. Rise, rise, our king, our queen, our queen calls us from beyond the umbral veil. She has transcended the circle of stars and basking eternal grandeur. Blah, 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 blah. No one cares about that. The time we have long awaited for is not. Even now, the harbinger gathers the children of the first flesh to reclaim what was lost. They must remember their vows and serve those whom they owe fealty. While they toil in the deep places, we will journey to the shores of dragon lands to the blessed isle where the world breaker first embraced the whispers. As one storm recedes, another rises. The torches have been lit. The secrets he buried will strike as a dagger into the hearts of his kin. The, harbor, the harbinger speaks of a primal power that seeks the end of order. Such rage can be bent to serve our ends. A hunger lost to the ages will be reclaimed. A dark heart left broken awaits the taking. When these things come to pass, the Harbinger will fulfill the final prophecy and complete the awakening. Only then shall our queen return to reign over the sea and sky and earth. We must break ready 
Rise, rise. Soon, all that was hidden will be revealed. So, and what does the Riddicron say when you first engage him? A hunger lost to the ages. One which I shall reclaim. Hmm, a hunger lost to the ages will Shit. be reclaimed. And if you're wondering who the Harbinger is, well, you know, yeah, we'll tell you that in a little bit. It's, it's a little bit. It's, that's later. Put a pin in that, as we say. Well, we managed to deal with a Riddicron and give Chromie enough time to Lulu away whatever the disc was, but the aspects didn't fare as well as we did. Well, you see, it was probably a bad idea to send Naz Dormu in his little proto-drake form after the infinites because this is what happens. Now, as you heard, Chromie makes the decision to try that again. She's like, mm, yeah, that, would, that didn't go according to plan. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's send you a little, little mini beat boop and try again. So, uh, yeah, so she turns back time only to find as all of, we're, we're in a new timeline where the infinites had taken over all of Azeroth. And this is. An interesting little fun bit where you start getting into the time ways and the little it time is. things. You're like, wait, what? Hmm. Hmm. Fun. Now, but as I see it, I call this the paradox land. And here is what I mean. <laughs> and I'm sure someone can manage to explain to me how this works, but check it out. Here we go. When we get back to the future, everything looks just like it did. It's just populated with infinites. So why would the Infinites have built the Bronze Temple? Because Murazond was corrupted at the way back in the time and everything looks the same. Why would you have a Bronze Temple if it's populated with Infinites? Right? Does that make any sense, Allie? Maybe others in the Bronze Dragonflight led the charge to build it? I don't really know. That's actually a really good question. I had not considered that. Yeah, because it's like, you think about it, the, because remember, Back to the Future too. They went back in the timeline, and then they went, then they got yeah, all that kind of stuff. They created the tangent, and everything was different. Prior to this point in time, somewhere in the past, the timeline skewed into this tangent, creating an alternate 1985. Alternate to you, me, and Einstein, but reality for everyone else. Cra crazy town, okay? Crazy town, top to bottom. Right, so why would there be a bronze temple and and that we're going back to? I mean, okay, art assets and blah blah blah, and I understand. But what? Okay, so put that aside. And I had always assumed the infinite rose because Mur Nazdormu fell to corruption, and the bronze flight followed him. The way this tells it is Nazdormu never fell to corruption, but was corrupted by his own flight when they traveled back in time. So. Make, make that make sense, right? Before he was even an aspect, he was converted to Murazond 
before Tyr even had a chance to make him a dragon. Right? Like, what, what's going on? So, and this is probably also why a lot of the people in the community are like, the Murazon threat is not gone. <laughs> well, it, yeah, like, and the, the Murazon threat does not feel, nothing with the infinite dragon flight feels completed at the end of this. It might be by bias because I still don't have my infinite pirate dragon, which means it still has a story to tell and I need it. <laughs> Steve Denuser. <laughs> Good old Stevie D, I need my pirate dragon mount. But... I'm sorry, like, I, I don't think the, I'm, I am on the boat of the infinites are not done, but I'm, we can talk about that later. Sorry. Yeah, because I mean, really, if you think about all of this and the, and the implication of, oh, we basically got Nazdormu on her side before he even became an aspect, before he set up the bronze temple, before he did so much stuff with the bronze dragonflight, because if Nazdormu was, you know, converted before you know, the bronze dragonfly ever had a chance to take hold. All sorts. Of, I'm just saying, wackadoo town, paradox land. We're going to just, yeah, we'll just, we're just going to keep moving forward and we'll talk about this more later. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit timey wimey when you really think about it. My brain's like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. Mm -hmm. So now that we're traversing this messed up timeline, uh, we now have <laughs> to fight an infinite version of Tyr. This is only be interesting because he says the following. Was bound by the shackles of the Titans. Now my mind is open to infinite possibilities. But your path ends here. Yeah, so he doesn't say there's no other interesting lore implications here. Just that fun thing of basically saying, hey, I as a Titan watcher, right? One of the big one of the big guys right up there, right next to Odin, right? We fought Ragnaros together. We're cool. He's like, yeah, infinite possibilities, man. Like, what if I wanted to do something different with my life than be a, a watcher? Like, I go do something. I don't know. Go go do my music career or something. I don't know. Like, but no. <laughs> infinite possibilities. <laughs> I'm, just picturing, I'm just picturing picturing two different things. A, the the silly thing is I'm picturing Tear in a band now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. What instrument would he play? Oh, bass. He seems like a bass player. Okay. Yeah. No, I can see that. I can see that. But also... It's a big-ass hammer, you know? <laughs> it is. That's true. We got to hear firsthand in Tear Hole through questing that doesn't really trust some of the other timekeepers. Mm-hmm. So that actually, I mean, it makes sense that, you know, the different timeline version of him would, you know, feel that way. Like he was, you know, held back. By the, by the Titans. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Also, he looked awesome. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Great model. So awesome. Loved it. Yeah. Beautiful. But speaking of loving him, we're going to move right past him. Uh, we're also going to hang out with some legendary heroes of the Horde and the Alliance. If you're playing with an Alliance group, you face off against Grom Hellscream. And if it's a Horde group, you're going to be stuck there forever because you can't go any further. Because in the dungeon, you're going to be going up against Anduin Lothar and he's going to kick the shit out of you. That's just how it works. <laughs> now, it's a good thing I played this through the Alliance because I was able to move forward and defeat uh, Morchi as well. It, that was just a fun fight, honestly. And then uh, someone shared a weak aura and then it made it super easy to track <laughs> where Morchi was. <laughs> Yay, weak aura. <laughs> now that Morchi is dealt with, uh, there's nothing stopping us from heading back to the same moment as before, right after the death of Galakrond. Luckily, we don't have to defeat the Blight again because Chromie's like, ah, I got this. You guys already dealt with this. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's nice. 
So we go and meet back up with the Aspects again. And this time, we're all going to fight the Infidence and pre prevent Moazond. All right. We have to make sure Murazon doesn't uh, exist. Uh, rise? Oh, you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly, Chromie. <laughs> oh, Chromie. Well, we managed to pull it off. We defeat Deus and yay, no more Murazon. Oh, but wasn't anyone watching Eridicron when this whole fight was going on? I guess we weren't. I guess we weren't, because this is what happens. Titans preserve this timeline. The Titans safeguard our world from monsters like you. Your faith means nothing to them. As you burn in the flames of my brother's wrath, they will not come. All they wanted was our world. With this, the Harbinger will pry it from their grasp. And when the Titans come to reclaim their prize, I will be waiting. Holy Jeebus is all I gotta say. Okay, fun stuff. Now, okay. <laughs> Do you remember when I asked, and I bet you're wondering who the Harbinger is? Seriously, it was like five minutes ago. Well, if you pay attention closely to the visuals in that cutscene, here you go. I even included some here for you, Allie. Uh, you're going to have to look later. Listeners, just go watch the cutscene again. Pay real close attention as Eridicron is walking into the portal. We'll also put it on the Discord. Sure, yeah. If you're in the Discord, you totally take a look. But yeah, look. Look closely. There's someone else on the other side of the portal. Who, who does that look like, Allie? Hmm? Who does that look like? Wow. So what's funny is I, I I did skim these notes before the show just in preparation, and I saw this picture, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, because I did not see this or notice this when I was running the Mega Dungeon at all until you until until this right here. Uh huh. Okay, you can let the listeners know who is it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks an awful lot like the outline of Zalatath. Yeah. Not, not 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 the weapon Zalatath, which I still transmog it too often. No, the 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 her humanoid form? Void elf form. We'll go with yeah. Void elf form? Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's uh it's it's Allie's favorite co-host. It's Zalatath. Yeah. Or 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 could Alaria? it be Queen like of, it could, it be, <laughs> could it be Queen Ashara in her um not Naga form? I would be shocked if we ever see Ashara in not, the not Naga, Naga form. form again. Like, unless the old god powers... Because she disappeared to the, to the, you know, the rift, right? Mm -hmm. So who knows what the hell's been going on with her. So unless she convinced them somehow to give her her regular body back, or her form, maybe she can change or disguise herself. Mm -hmm. So may maybe, but I like... Clearly, I'm biased, but I do like your Zalatath theory. Oh, yeah, that's that's to me like that's not even a question like that is Zalatath. So, yeah, go check out that uh, cutscene. Go check out the discord. You'll see a, a screenshot 
Um, yeah, that's like like just just as as Eroticon's disappearing into the to the void rift, which oh my god, when he did that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Get your ass back here! What the hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Ugh. So, before we're gonna dive into the deep end, right? Let's go ahead and wrap up this dungeon and say our goodbyes to the proto aspects, and we're gonna head back and tell Alex Strazet the good news. Question mark. Thank you, champion. Without you and Kronormu's bravery, I could not imagine what would have. No Stormo. No Stormo. Everything's back how it was. Not everything. The clouds in my vision have parted, and I can breathe without doubt or despair. I feel alive again, thanks to you. But what of Eridicron? While we stopped the Infinites, Eridicron escaped through a kind of void tear, taking Galakron's essence with him. A void gate? His dark dealings have come to fruition. It feels like he's leaving this war to his kin. His hatred for the Titans is all he cares about. Nuzdormu, can you perceive where he has gone? He has passed beyond my sight. All I see now are burning embers encroaching upon... Marithra must be warned. If Farrakh leads their forces now, he will be vicious and strike where we are most vulnerable. The World Tree. Yes, as dangerous as he is. For now, we must leave Eridicron to his schemes and steal ourselves for whatever Farak and Viranov are preparing to unleash. The defense of Amirdrasil comes first. No matter what lies ahead, Yeah, future's worth fighting for, just like Samwise Gemji said. And right there, Alex Raza just confirmed that patch 10.2 will be the defense of a Mirdrasil. Most likely in the Emerald Dream. Jin was finally right. Finally. We'll talk about that the next episode. Yeah. So, what about 10.3? Well, let's go back to the Song of Depths, shall we? So, rise, rise, our queen. Uh, calls to us from beyond the Umbral Vale. She has transcended the circle of stars to bask in her eternal grandeur, like we already found out. And obviously this is Queen Ashar from the Void Realms. Possibly even Zareth Umbrae. We don't know. Mm. <laughs> the time we have long awaited is nigh. Even now, the Harbinger gathers the children of the First Flesh to reclaim what was lost. They must remember their vows and serve those whom they owe fealty. Zalatath ga gathered the incarnates and reminded them of the vow that Eridicron made so long ago. Because remember, the Aspects locked them up, and now they're they free. Zalatath was like, oh, didn't they make a bargain with us a long time ago? Time to bring right. that back up. 
Yeah, because even even Alex Strazen was like, yeah, Aridocron, depths of depravity. They don't even necessarily know what he all got into. So there it is. While they toil in the deep places, we will journey to the shores of the Dragonlands, the Blessed Isles, where the World Breaker first and, you know, embraced the Whispers. We goofed off in Zerolai Caverns. That's that's basically what what said there. Yeah, yeah. Ten point one. We we goofed off in Zerolai Caverns while they were doing stuff. As one storm recedes, another rises. The torches have been lit. The secrets he buried will strike as a dagger in the hearts of his kin. Razagath died. One storm receded. Farak was empowered, another rises. And the secrets of the void in Aberus may bite us all in the ass. Sarkareth was like, ah, voidiness. <laughs> and the, the torches have been lit? Yeah, I don't know what the torches are, but... Makes me think of an Ilgi line. Yeah, we all kind of are thinking of... Yeah, Oath, yeah. Oath stones is like, maybe Oath stones? That's probably the only thing where especially like the five torches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, Ar the Harbinger speaks of a primal power that seeks the end of order. Such rage can be bent to serve our ends. Zalatath told the Naga about a Riddicon wanting not just to rid the world of Titan influence, but literally destroy the Titans. That's what he's doing, right? It's like his whole plan is to lure the Titans to him so he could like, kill them. Right? That's, that's basically what he's trying to do here. All right. A hunger lost to the ages will be reclaimed. Yeah, they got him. A dark heart left broken awaits for the taking. <laughs> yep, done and done. They got him. <laughs> Oops. <Yep. laughs> when these things come to pass, the Harbinger will fulfill the final prophecy and complete the awakening. Zalatath will likely empower Eridicron with the essence of Galakron to resurrect him, in a sense, but through Eridicron. Just like Discordian Kitty said when she was a guest on the show. Right, right, right. Yeah, so uh, kudos to Discordian Kitty. You probably got that one right only then shall our queen return to reign over the sea and sky yeah you get the rest blah so there you go it's like hey they put this in when we went to the forbidden reach and now they're delivering all of these like little promises it feels like so quickly how fun is this ally this is a this is a fun one right <laughs> yep <laughs> i never wow all right i I mean, there was a small part of me that wondered if Zalatath was behind something because they clearly put her on the bench after Lee, Lee BFA. And you usually, when someone gets benched, eventually they come back around. And so I've been wondering when and for what. I mean, we got so many hints within Zalatath's lines that... You know, there was there was something to her. You know, she wasn't just a cool voice in my dagger. There is something to her. <laughs> and this is. This is a lot. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I feel like this is my episode 12 moment for you. <laughs> a wee bit. Yes, a wee bit. Yes. <laughs> All right. So before we get into just a fun, open discussion, got to wrap this up a little bit because this this is kind of a vague summary of what 10.3 will be and even possibly have 11.0 because we already know what 10.2 is, the defense of Amirdrasil. Even Alex Straza says that comes first, right? That comes first. That's 10.2. The 10.3. Yeah. Zalatath will likely return and reveals herself as the Harbinger. And what is she the Harbinger of? 
Hmm? Most likely. Void Lords. The Void, void Lords. Lords. Right? Yeah. It's hear, gotta ye, be void hear ye, Void Lords be a coming. <laughs> so, okay, because they very, like, there are many times when Blizzard is very specific about the lines they choose, and it's for a reason. I like that. And they were, they very, at least to me, seems like they very specifically said, if Riddikron is gone, he has left his, you know, the other two to fight, finish off the war. Mm-hmm. He has, he has traveled beyond my gaze. Right. He can't see him anymore because so he went that to the makes void. Me, so that makes me, like, part of me wonders if we're even going to see him in 10-3. If, if, if like, a Riddikron's being held to 11, like, to the next expansion. But then, if they did that, like I don't know who would who would be the final big bad of ten three because it's not going to be Zalatath. I'll tell you that much. Nope. So, but then they have time to build up between now and ten three because they've got the point fives and point sevens they're doing now, and then I'm pretty sure at BlizzCon they're going to tell us what point three is going to be before they announce the next expansion. So it actually makes a lot of sense if Rurikron is point three and then. Zalatath is involved in the next expansion and that gets discovered by pirates going to the other side of the world and then they find some structure or something and all hell breaks loose at the end. Mm-hmm. It could be. It could be. I'm mixing pirates in there somewhere. I'm sorry. It's Pirate, what I do. Pirates are there. Right, right, right. So. <laughs> pirates avoid. I'm set. Pirates. Pirates avoid. Right, 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 right. Voidy pirates. So. Voidy pirates? <laughs> Allie's like, yes, please. Man, I am holy main, but if we avoid pirates, man, holy's gone. <laughs> Sorry, Raiders. You, you gotta find someone else to heal you. I don't know. Maybe Love you all, but uh, if, avoid pirate main. <laughs> yeah, that's your new class, avoid pirate. <laughs> I would pay so much money. Instead of yar, it's like, yar, 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 yar. it's like, what's a weird <laughs> reverb? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> All right, so what else is going to happen in 10 3? <laughs> well, the Void, in my opinion, is going to use a Riddicron, just like it always does with our Earth empowered puppets, and infuse it with the power of Galacron and the Void. Though Nazdormu even saw a glimpse of Deathwing impaled on Wormrest Temple during the intro cutscene to 1015. Right. Yeah. All right, so it's like a little callback. Ah, oh, Deathwing's impaled on a thing. A Riddicron's probably going to be impaled on something. Because, <laughs> you know. Because he's just a tool. He thinks he's all powerful, but that's how the old old, old voids, old gods are. That's how yeah. the void is. So all these people who think they're high and mighty, no, no. They're just tools mm-hmm. to be thrown away. Yeah, because I mean... Every single time. Even Chromie, you know, was talking about how that looks a lot like the dragon soul. Just another thing uh, yeah. to basically nice go. Nice little point to it. Oh, yeah. he's like Deathwing. Oh, he's like Deathwing. Oh, he's like Deathwing. <laughs> right? But yeah. different. He, he took the exact same bargain as Deathwing did of going yeah. crazy with the void. And it's, yeah. And they're going to, you know, as they said, a hunger lost to the ages will be reclaimed and stuck in a, you know, freaking Eridicron. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. It'll be a nice way to have him as a final boss, even though we already fought him once already. So it'll be a different fight. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially get get the void involved and it's totally different fight. Yeah. And I find it interesting because like, so we went through the whole black dragonfly line, you know, in 10 one. And there were 
you know, hints and teases of, oh, are they going to be corrupted? Oh, they're hearing whispers, or are they going to be corrupted? I think maybe that was just a distraction because the real corruption is Eridicron. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, and obviously, 10-3. Eridicron will be defeated, but that will only be the beginning. Oh, and for sure. Very likely, in 11-0, Queen Ashara will make her return, possibly kicking off this whole light-void war the community has been speculating about, speculating about for so friggin' long. So yeah, Queen Ashara, she's on her way. She's coming. I don't think we're going to see her in Dragonflight, but I do think she is going to be a major player in whatever World of Warcraft voidiness. <laughs> pick your pick your name. I don't care. Legion worked for him, so void. Void. I don't. Know. I I suck at naming things. Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should we should pick a name, but I like it. It makes me wonder if it's going to be one of those expansions that, you know, may not feel like a light void expansion at the very beginning, but then it builds into it to become a light void expansion, which then further builds into Cosmic Disco War for 12.0. Yeah, because I mean, Velen's been benched for a while. It's not that like anything for a bad. While, not that anything like, bad happened to him. To come it's just back. that at, no. the, at the end of Legion, he's like, "I'm gonna go take a nap." Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> what happened to him. I mean, everyone deserves a vacation, right? You know, Self care um, is important, everyone. At the end of Nihilotha, uh, we all know that Ashar was like, "I'm sick and tired of intermediaries," and I thought for sure she said harbingers, but she said heralds. So it's like it's not. But okay, it's, okay. it's not the exact word that I was I was thinking I could link there, but I was like, okay, okay, it's pretty close. But yeah, she she goes to seek the throne of true power, is what she said. Right, right. She did say that. So she's helping out with a void because she walked into a void gate just like a Riddicron did. And yeah, so pretty much guarantee we're gonna be seeing some whole sorts of fun, light void, even weird, um, Elemental Lord possible stuff, uh, you know, kick it back well, I off. I can see that. I can see that. So so here's a question then. Do we kill a Riddicron in 10-3? Or is it going to be kind of like a semi-Goldan situation where something happens, Zaltath comes and saves him, and he gets moved to 11 I I honestly think we're gonna we're gonna take out a Riddicron. He seems yeah. like a he is a very good villain. Well done, Blizzard. You actually get a really good we're not having whole discussions about how to make a good blizzard or a blizzard. A good blizzard. We do that every episode. <laughs> we, no, we're not having discussions about how to make a decent villain, right? No, because the Riddicron, you freaking nailed it. Like this guy's, this guy's yeah, great. It's been great. Um, but I think he is. They brought him in, and I think they're going to use him because it's it's like because so much of this has been centered around Deathwing's legacy. And it's kind of like, this is what it leads to, even when it's a Riddicron. Because it's it's the same journey that, that Deathwing went on. If you, all about craziness and revenge and everything like that. It, blah, right? Kind of made all the same stupid mistakes that Deathwing made. I'm pretty sure they're going to be done with them. And I'm totally fine with that. Like, If they just want to make up bad guys uh, from here on out, because we're, we're kind of out of super duper, like, well-known lore characters. Like, other than, like... 
I don't know. I can't even think of one that would make like a good bad guy. Because obviously the first expansion, we had Illidan and the Burning Crusade and then Wrath of the Lich King right out of like, you know, Warcraft 3. Cataclysm. They're like, okay, do people know who Deathwing is, right? We have those books, right? Uh, people kind of know who that is. And Mr. Pandaria, they're like, oh, make one of the Horde. Maybe the Horde guy is the bad guy. Oh, that'll work. Oh, yeah, do that. A little shock. And then things get a little, oh, the whole Burning Legion and the Wrath of the Warlords of Draenor. Blah. So at this point, just make up your own damn bad guys and keep doing fun things. Well, and that's one of the benefits of Shadowlands is because Shadowlands allowed them to really expand this universe and open up all the doors. Like we first learned ones. so much. Don't even get me started because <laughs> I want to know more about the first ones. It bothers me. We don't know more. I'm going to get heated. <laughs> So, yes, all that to say. It's like saying midi chlorians to Sarith. Midi chlorians. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, point being is that Shadowlands really opened up the universe and opened up the doors and kind of started laying that foundation for expanding the universe. And they brought Chris Benson on as an advisor. So, I guarantee, while, while Chris might be helping with multiple games, like that new survival game they're working on, blah, blah, blah. Especially because he's one of the OGs, I can see them utilizing him to help expand this universe and really build into it and make it the the quality story that we have come to love and hope for and speculate on. And I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Now, I also am excited. And since I am so excited, this dungeon has brought some questions questions that I have. So let's go ahead and see if we can figure these out before we wrap up this episode. Okay. First off, did Chromie protect the true timeline? Or did she break it and find another way? Multiple arguments could be made here because obviously when Murazon rose and the infinites took over everything, that was clearly a perverted timeline and shouldn't have ever existed. But... Is this the true timeline? And it also kind of goes back to what Aridicron asked. Why do the Titans want to protect this timeline? And that was actually a really good question when he asked that. I'm like, why do they want to? Like, what is it about this timeline? What like who who deemed this the true timeline and why? I mean, that was coming my first guess who. yet, but like, <laughs> right? Like, why? Like, so I guess my point being is like, what happens later on this timeline that would make them, tr- like, is it something with Azeroth and Azeroth hatching, maybe? Like, that makes this the true timeline? Because because really, like, Eridicron, I think it was, like, had a point in that maybe the Titans care about the denizens of Azeroth. But maybe not, because they have a beep machine to reset the whole damn thing, which wipe everyone off the face of the planet anyways. So they care, but also, if it messes with their order, eh, not so much. So, you know, we're, we're learning about how morally great they can be. Yeah, that, he, had a, he had the perfect quote there for Chrome that I'll, I'll just remind everyone of. Yes, please do. The Titans do not care about your faith. Exactly. They it means nothing to them, right? doesn't matter how, like, the Titans are great. They don't give two shits if you're like, oh, I think the Titans are really good. We're going to continue to protect the timeline. And Riddicron points out that when have the Titans, like, when's the last time the Titans have been here? 
No, they set up the whole system and then they left and they haven't been back. Right. Obviously, there's probably some information Ritochrone's missing, right? But Sargeras killing I mean, them and all that's that. a thing too. That's a little yes. bit of a, a twist to it. But there might actually be a thread of truth as well that Ritochrone is saying, where he also said the only thing they cared about is the world's soul. Yeah. Right? The only yeah. thing that we wanted is the world itself. And so what Ritochrone is saying is, well, with this little thing here, right, and the harbinger. We're going to snatch that right from their grasp. That's all exciting for me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's just, it sounds really cool. Because what are they going to do? Are they going to corrupt Azeroth? Is that how they're going to take it from the grasp? Or are they going to somehow pluck it from the planet? And be like, no, this is ours now. <laughs> I don't know. I can see them trying to corrupt Azeroth because, I mean, from for, for a very long time now, like it has been said multiple times that Azroth is just just how powerful Azroth as a world soul is. And we know in the past how much the Titans care about the world souls. I mean, that was one of the things that they basically banished Sargeras for because he was like, hey, this one planet over here is covered in, you know, stuff. I chippy chopped it. And they're like, that was one of our brothers and sisters. How dare you? <laughs> you know, and Again, I don't, they would rather wipe off all the denizens of the planet and save Azeroth yeah. itself, the world soul. And so I would imagine that that's why whatever, whatever happens in the future, that's why this timeline was chosen. But I mean, back to your original question, did Chromie protect the true timeline? She, I, I, I mean, she probably thinks she did, but I'm wondering, just speculation here for conversation's sake, was... Nazdorm was supposed to turn into Murazond. So I've been giving this a lot of thoughts. I I was so excited for this episode. I wrote these notes like seriously a week early. You really did. You were super early. With I these. was excited <laughs> for this episode. If you can't tell, let's turn on my voice. This is some excitement. So let's talk about did Kirby break the true timeline. I'm actually originally when I wrote that, I wrote that because I was like, oh yeah, I got so much to tell Chromie. Oh, you're not a bronze dragon. Bah, you're like all infinite, right? You're talking infinite stuff. Time waves have infinite <laughs> possibilities. That's infinite talk, Chromie. Talking like an infinite. But I actually think she is <laughs> adhering to the true timeline. And here is why. Number one, why would Ritochron even talk about it? Right. Why would he be like, well, this is the, I like this timeline? Uh, okay. Yeah. That's a good point. The other reason I say that she protected the true timeline is because, okay, come on. Really think about it like we already brought up. It doesn't make sense that Murazon became, or Nazdorm became Murazon as a proto-dragon. Like, it doesn't make sense at all. No, it doesn't. The only way that that would possibly make sense is if the infinites we find out are actually from a completely separate, t separate time way. And because they're like, oh, well, we don't live in the true timeline, so we're going to mess with the true timeline. Okay, okay, I guess. I guess that version of Nazdormu would get pissed off, you know what I mean? Like, if there was a alternate timeline where Nazdormu, their Nazdormu, figured things out, that oh, we're not even in the true timeline, that might break them. <laughs> <laughs> that might break them. Yeah, that might break them. Uh, so, yeah, I could see him come uh, to, to Murz out at that point. So, so yeah. Uh, long, rambly answer to this question, in my opinion, is... I don't think she, she broke the time way, but she is acting a little infinite D, right? Because 
when she talked to Nazdormu in the in, at the end of the questing, right? When we get that cutscene, when she said that time way the the timelines represent infinite possibilities, but they adhere to the one true timeline. That doesn't those those two philosophical points of view don't necessarily mesh. So I mean that's probably it, it even kind of reminds me of like why Nazdormu kind of like. <laughs> You're so cute and naive. We love you, Chromie. You're the best. But that's but uh, you just know I've always been proud of you. But that's what I'm saying. Is she breaking things or is she? I don't. To me, right now, she has not broken anything. But yo, she's she's willing. <laughs> I think. Oh, she's willing, man. Chromie. One thing I love about Chromie is her passion. You know, when she decides on something or when she loves on something, like it is fierce. Like I, I love. I love her. Yeah. Now, to go, and this, you could just go all wrapped up in almost the same damn question, because the next question I have, is the threat of Murazon still out there? And I heartily say yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because it just, it, it seems to me that the infinites, right? Colonel Lord Deus and whatever the infinites and all those, until we have more information, it seems to me that they're trying to do anything because they may not even know what caused Murazon's downfall is the way that they're acting. Or it almost seems like they're acting that, oh, well, maybe we can fast track this. I'm not really sure I can quite gather the actual thought process and what the plans of the infinites really are. Because it just seems like they're, I don't know, it seems like the infinites are kind of in their death throes almost of and they're just trying in anything like, oh, go back and, and shoot him in the crib kind of thing. Like <laughs> that was practically what they did when they went back in time and dealt with proto dragon version of Nazdormu. Because they're like, oh, well, we can't corrupt regular Nazdormu, like dragon aspect Nazdormu, but we could go way back in time. So I don't I don't know. It just seems weird to me that Murazond hadn't been corrupted at some point in the future rather than they corrupted him in the past. So that's, I don't know. Could. Tin, tinfoil hat here. Mega tinfoil hat. Mega tinfoil hat. Mega tinfoil hat. Uh, <laughs> could the old gods be using the infinite dragonflight to sow chaos? In order to make it yes. easier for them to take over. Ab- absolutely. Like, that is a, definitely a possibility. The only reason why we may not have a lot of evidence to say that that is the case is, well, and I think, like, going way back to, like, even Burning Crusade is when we first started dealing with the Infinite Dragons because that's when we had the Black Morass was, like, the dungeon right, and things like right, that. Right. Uh, uh, Dern, the Escape from Durnhold, right? That was uh, Burning Crusade as well. That was the Infinite's. That was it was it was posited that Nazdormu was corrupted by the old gods. Is old is really what it is. But the infants don't really seem to have a lot of voidy powers, right? No, we're not seeing Sylvanas level pew pew like the, the void crap and the death magic, or <laughs> or like Eridacrons, like I'm in a void portal now, or like Ashara when she went through the void portal. Like I'm not seeing any of that. They just hey, we're bronze dragons, but we look cooler. Because that's they, they do. They they look way cooler. <laughs> they really do. Oh my god, I love them. Yeah, they look really good. Can you imagine how cool they would look, all voidy? 
Add some purple in there, not just that blacky yeah. blue stuff. Add some purple in there. Oh, that'd be good. And not br- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to derail this for just a moment. I'm a little bitter that we got dragon, like for our dragon riding mounts, you can get. Oh, like the infinite, like thingamabob? Yes, skin. but it's it's not black and blue. It's like brown and like a little bit of blue. I'm, I'm, I was so excited that I got it. And then when I put it on and I got it for my favorite Drake, too. So I was really excited. The Highland Drake. I was like, yes, let's go. And it was not black and blue, which I love the combination of black and blue. No, no, it was like like a brown color and like a little bit of blue. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> not only did I not get my infinite pirate dragon mount, not bitter at all. I also got scales that don't really well, I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of kind of. All right. So and here is the really the big question that we've already kind of been dancing around and it's just worth bringing it up, bring it back up and see if we can ever just figure it out. Why do the Titans want to preserve this timeline? Do we do, do, you, do you have any other ideas, thoughts? Guesses. My only thought is that it's something with Azeroth mm-hmm. and whatever makes her hatch, wake up, live or die. I mean, we've kind of debated off and on if she's still if she's doing okay there because she just had a lot happen to her between, you know, Isarge like ripped out of her and stabbed by Sargarius. Like she's been through a lot. All right. And so I imagine it's something to do with her because they need all of their world souls together in one place for their order army for the cosmic disco war. It's important. So something with that. So, all right, let's, let's kind of, let's kind of dance around. Let's, let's figure this out. So, Titans, preserve the timeline. It's a great question. Everybody grown? It's a good question. My initial response and, and idea is that they probably did it. And this is this is just me kind of like getting all maybe a little philosophical or something. Is it seems like, and we're gonna take it back to the time riffs for a second. We're gonna take it back to the time riffs. Just like last episode. Yeah. It seems to me that they, above all else, strangely enough wanted to preserve balance. Balance between the cosmic forces, right? There is no one true winner because, and here's the here's the reason I even point this out. Why would the Titans not have wanted Ulderoth be the true timeline? Where order won out. Where they basically just order is the order, 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 order of all of Azeroth and it's perfect, right? Why would that have been the true timeline? That's a good point. Right? It seems to me like I think the Titans, or at least Amonthul, figured out that in order for to maintain or uh, maybe deal with, and, and this may actually come back to uh, the midi-chlorians of the WoW universe, the first ones, it may be to preserve the plan of the first ones, and Amonthul was all on board with that. That would make a lot of sense. Because it's like, this is 
the best way for the most possibilities to present itself. Because if the void takes over completely, the void, it's it's nothing. The void is the absence of everything. So even when the void likes to talk about all of the infinite possibilities and, uh, you know, they have the one true timeline versus all the infinites and black, right? They're the gold gods. In reality, it's once they win, there's nothing left. It's all gone. And if the if the light completely wins, right? Then it's just the light, right? There's, no, there's nothing there, right? What happens if all of life slash nature wins? Well, we've already kind of saw that with Draenor back in the day. It's kind of consumes everything, takes over all, and a, a titan has to wake up a mountain to deal with it. All right, and then you can kind of go through all of them. If any of them get out of balance, things just kind of go to shit. <laughs> so I think that's kind of where it's going to be because and and I have a, a, a sad little, little, little sad speculation is that I'm not sure the community is going to be super jazzed about the 11.0 because I think in the end, what's going to really happen 11.0 is we're just going to reset the status quo, right? There's not going to really be a win. Like we're not going to defeat the void because the void is a necessary piece right. of the cosmic order. We're just going to beat them back to where they, they once were. And you could, you could obviously tell some fun stories in, in that framework, but it's going to be, this cosmic force is encroaching from here. This cosmic force is encroaching from over here. And it's just right now in Dragonflight, we have some dragons that are really pissed off at one particular cosmic force, which happens to be order. And I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing what's going to happen when they bust out their voidy version of the dragon soul, which what prob probably what that kind of basically is, to unleash hell, because that's, that's kind of what's going to happen. Especially if it's the because he's got the freaking he's got the essence of Galacron. It's gonna it's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be crazy town. That's what's gonna happen. And I'm and I'm I'm here for it. I'm super looking forward to it. I think you might be onto something because you know for the longest time, our knowledge of lore was based on the chronicles, and that was as we found out later was written from the perspective of the Titans. Like a lot of it has. You know, a lot of different lore bits and story and everything has been through the lens of the Titans. And that's that's been an important part of this universe for the longest time. It, it's only been recently that we've stopped to consider that maybe they're not that great. Maybe they are morally great. But I can see Blizzard still utilizing them as the quote unquote good but that good is achieved through morally gray means. And I can see your point in that they, they're used to keep the balance because you're right. I mean, if one cosmic part wins over the others, like there goes that balance, everything turns into chaos. If there was chaos, there's no order. And yeah, I think, I think you might be onto something here. It, it kind of goes to also like, you know, talking about we're dealing with these entities and the Titans that their entire outlook on Azeroth and the mortal denizens and everything like that are, oh, well, they just created a, you know, forge of origination to literally wipe out all life. So we don't give a shit, right? We yeah. don't, what do we care? Right? They're just, they're literally gnats to us, right? So 
they don't really care about us. Just like a Ritikron even said, we don't, they don't care about your faith. I think ultimately what they really care about is preservation of balance, preservation of keeping things in line and tidy and orderly. And not, not to uh, bring the mood down a little bit, but it's worth bringing up just a smidge. What do you think the jailer was talking about when he said, a cosmos divided cannot stand and you, you know, it's like, we're not ready for what's to come. Is that the void? Is that what ultimately he was so scared of? Because it seems like what that's what everyone's scared of, even Sargeras. Which, yes, but then also makes me question it because the void is part of that cosmic balance, right? Yeah. Maybe they're just scared of it because it's the most, like, well, honestly, scary. And if you, yeah, I mean, out of all of them, I would imagine so. Yeah. I mean, it is the most like, it is like the antithesis of everything that I understand and know. Like you are truly nothingness. Yet there's also Void Lords, which, okay, you're messing with my head. I don't know what's going on there. Lords of nothing? I don't know. So maybe we'll learn more about the Void in, in time because Illyria is definitely infected with something and it's not a whole lot of nothing because it's talking right. to us. <laughs> and once the old gods were dealt with and we pew pewed the crap out of Nazoth, Ilaria just kind of went, oh, there's new voices, and which made sense to me because it's like, okay, is Ali, you'll probably get this too. There's a little fun trick that we all do as, as podcasters. If you don't, if there's an issue where it's like, there's like some weird background noise. I just I don't want to. I just want to get rid of the background noise. So you put like maybe a little, little, little music bed, just a little bit of music. It just kind of <laughs> it helps so much, everyone. It's ridiculous. Imagine that is the whispers of Nazoth and the old gods on there. You just can't hear any of that static and that crap in the. You just it just it just gets rid of it. Now you take it out. Right? You've removed Nazoth. Now you can hear all the extra whispers that were a little quieter before because you had literally an old god denizen of the void living right here on your planet. And now it's just the cosmic voices whispering to you from the literal void. Oof. And that's where Ilaria is like, oh, crap. I think I preferred the freaking old gods because I knew what to do. <laughs> they were easier to deal with. And then Ilaria and Trillium become a focus of the next expansion. And it's rough and horrible. And then we have to somehow call back Anduin, who's kind of in like me, in touch with the light and the void. You can get that little void tendril come out of his sleeve, right? So, and Anduin comes back and saves the day. Ta-da! The golden one claims a vacant throne. Yes! <laughs> the crown of light will bring only darkness. I'm just saying, episode 12, we've been <laughs> ringing this bell Good for a while. <laughs> Good old Elgie, we love him. <sighs> yeah, and it's just like, something like this dungeon strangely puts all that kind of weird stuff into perspective, because it's like, there is the void and the manifestations and the Ilganoth, and it's like, how much of the of the void can you even trust? It's like, ah, it's fun. I love this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's great. So yeah, when is Terralian? Going to basically screw up royally because that's kind of what that thing says. And honestly, I'm feeling like 11 0 is when uh, that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Yes. I Especially agree. if it's the void attacking and Hilarion. Yeah. He doesn't like the void. 
he tolerates it because of his wife, kind of, but not a fan. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, that was fun. Uh, do you that have, was a lot of fun. <laughs> do you have anything else that you would like to add to this fantastic, wonderful episode 77 before we start wrapping things up? No, because everything I want to say is a bunch of other questions like who are the Void Lords? Who are the first ones? And many other questions that we've asked on this show. Like, why does it seem like there's a straw that's plucked into Azeroth that's sucking energy out of it? We talked about that one episode. What's that all about, Blizzard? Like, there's just so many questions and so many things I want to know. And we will be here for another three hours if we talk about all that. True. That's when we can just do a episode 78 or 79. <laughs> <laughs> Those will be future episodes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that is where we're going to end the main conversation. But don't wait. There is more because we did actually get an email from a listener. So, so Steve writes, hear me out. How about a patch or expansion where we have a stable portal of Asmerloth? Similar to Draenor. We can help out the Murlocs and have versions of Stormwind and Orgrimmar as quest hubs. Here's the big part. Murlocs has a new playable race on both factions. I would be able to make a Murloc Warlock at least. <laughs> or at last. A Murloc Warlock. Say that three times fast. What do you think? <laughs> well, Steve, I think this would be the greatest freak thing they could ever do. Give this to me in like patch 11.1.27 or something like that. <sighs> It would be so. How many times would you would you dance and would you would you just like Ali? If you could make your a uh, Murloc priest and you just you just dance as a Murloc, you can finally ditch all of your wands. Um, so you, you don't need all that because you just are a Murloc. Um, yeah. Would this would this make you just make all of your dreams come true? As Libby yells at me. You know, one day, back in the day, when I first married my priest, she was human. I realized that humans in this game were boring to me. The second Cataclysm came out, the very first thing I did was change her to Worgen and create a new backstory for her. But let me tell you, if we get Murlocs as a playful race, as much as I'd love her being a Worgen, she will absolutely be a Murloc in a heartbeat and she will dance all the freaking time and though Sherry dances a lot now but she will dance even more <laughs> and those Murloc ones they're not gonna go away no no I'll just send another character okay Jen calm yourself <laughs> those don't go away those stay with me <laughs> and they get used okay okay I understand alright so uh this sounds like um sounds good sounds like fun um, yes. So it sounds like your main is going to be a Murloc, if that is the case. Yep. Yeah. So yep. Uh, she was she was almost Drakthir this expansion. I was very very close to doing that. But man, if we get Murlocs, it's all over. Okay. So it sounds like if you were allowed to have been a Drakthir priest, you probably would have bit the bullet. I'm assuming, right? <sighs> and when that inevitably happens in 11.0, which is my own theory, own theory, because once the Drakthir are out in the world. They can, you know, do these things. It makes sense. I'm still tempted. Okay, tempted. We'll see. We'll see. But man, if we get more locks, hmm. It's all over. It's all over. Nabella has gone the way of the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah, so, um... Would I go Merlot? No, my main would not be coming. No, Murloc. you wouldn't. Couldn't do it. Couldn't no. do it. Couldn't you abandon love your dwarf. my dwarf, he dwarf. I get it. I miss my dwarf. 
But yeah, I will not be playing a uh, Murloc as my main, but I will certainly create a Murloc Warlock because that is just... <laughs> that's that just, is cool. That's just yes. fun to say. <laughs> so, Murloc Warlock. Thank you so much, Steve, for reaching out to us. This was, this was great. Um, I love your idea. Um, we should submit this to Blizzard. So, Stevie D, if you are listening, because I know you <laughs> follow us on Blue Sky. <laughs> we saw you. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but... He- Yep. I yep. 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 We saw it. We we're watching. Don't you worry. Yeah. So uh, give us Murlocs with this weird (laughs) Asmerloth. Okay. Do it. Thank you. Don't don't bug him, please. We don't want to scare him away. We like him. Okay. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Well, uh, Allie, you've got yourself a job to do. That's right, I do. It's my it's my turn. That's right. It's part of the show where we say a quick thank you to all the patrons that support us and keep the show going. If you'd like to join their ranks and support the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash live laugh lore. And we actually have a new patron this week. The Kunka. What's up? I was like saying that every time I see you on social media or anything, it's just like the Kunka. I don't know why. I just I get a kick out of that. So Thank you Wait, for joining our ranks. Really I said pre- Kunkka. I don't know. Say Kunkka. It's probably Kunkka. For some reason I say Kunkka. Because hmm. okay. it's fun to say. I, I don't know. Well, either way, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's probably Kunkka. That, that makes more, you know, uh, sense with the English language. It's fine. Okay. Well, you, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And your baby's adorable, by the way. Absolutely adorable. For sure. And on top of that, we like to thank all of our patrons. Thank you all so much. But we do like to give a very special thank you to our top patrons, which includes Ickis and Nadoon and Mud and Chris and Dungeon Mansion Burk. Dun- Dungeon Mansion. <laughs> what was that even? <laughs> so there's a spell in, in Dungeons Dragons. It's like some you create it like a man- mansion. It's like a bard gets sure. it. It's like that. Yeah. So that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Dungeon Mansion Burke. <laughs> I mean, we have kind of like a mansion in our little D&D campaign. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Dungeon Master Burke. Thank you, Burke. And Mike Smith. Thank you all so very much. We truly appreciate it. Yeah, you all guys are very rock. You're the best. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. All right, this is this is a fun one, everybody. So just let's strap in, listen up. Because six years ago, Christy Hatfield was a paramedic who saved John Cunningham's life when he was having a heart attack. Now, what happens next is pretty damn cool. So we're just going to listen to the story and talk about it because this is just this is cool. Christy Hatfield has a knack for saving people. As an EMS worker and paramedic in West Virginia, she met John Cunningham in 2016 caring for him on the way to the hospital. When he went into cardiac arrest, I remember being in the back of the ambulance and I was like, not today, John, not today. His daughter, 42-year-old Molly Jones, then unaware that Christy would save her life as well. John, Molly, and Christy all connecting on Facebook. Six years later, January 2022, Molly became ill with stage four renal disease. As her kidneys worsened, she took to social media to talk about her need for a kidney transplant. 
when I posted it, all of a sudden I just got this message from Christy. And I messaged her and I said, hey, I've got your kidney here. She said to me, listen, kid, I saved your dad and I'm going to save you too. About one third of kidney transplants in the U.S. are from a living donor and often lead to a shorter wait time for an organ. Testing is rigorous. Four months went by as Molly declined. I was trying to figure out who was going to take custody of my daughter because I didn't think I was going to be there anymore. And Christy's going, don't you give up on me. Don't you give up on me. The two met for the first time a week before the transplant. It was nothing short of fantastic. And the transplant went off without a hitch. Christy now saving Molly's life just six years after she saved her father's. The difference is just unbelievable. Christy gave me back my life. She's a fighter and I'm glad to have her in my heart. And I'm, I'm glad if somebody had my kidney, she's the one that has it. Molly says when she first found out Christy was going to donate her kidney, she couldn't help but think, how could someone be so selfless? She is, as you can imagine, incredibly grateful. And Christy says she's just happy she could help. Guys. What a great story. Eva, thank you so much. Yeah, those random people at the end were totally correct. That's a freaking great story. I, when I finally I came that. across That's that. That's great. It was beautiful. Yeah, I just think it's so awesome that she saved the dad's life. Six years later, saves the daughter's life, too. That's that's, that's an awesome person. So, Christy. Oh, love it. You're a beautiful person. Thank you for, I don't know, just being awesome. Need more people like that in the world. This is cool. Well, do you have anything else to add before we get out of here? I need more Zalateth whispers. You need more Zalateth whispers. Well, just so you know, if I'm right, I think you're going to be getting a whole lot more Zalateth real soon. I would love that. I'm excited too because Zalatas pretty freaking awesome. And I only play a priest, right? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Live Laugh Floor. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at livelaughfloorcast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughfloor, and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash And you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at joint, and you can follow Ali at Ali Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care.